Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Selena. Together, we are moms to five children, including two sets of twins. At Tweet Dreams, we are passionate about helping families achieve the peaceful night's rest they deserve because we were formerly overwhelmed and sleep deprived ourselves. We love nothing more than helping families achieve their specific sleep goals. So the whole family can be rested and thriving. On this podcast, you'll not just hear about sleep related topics, we'll chat about how it started, where we are today, and the experiences that have shaped us as mothers of twins. We hope you'll enjoy listening to the ups and downs, the highs and lows, and everything in between. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Twin Life with Tweet Dreams. We're here today, Lindsay and Stelina, to talk about a little bit of a mini sleep episode um, in a common issue or occurrence, I guess, that we see as sleep consultants. And that's when mom and dad or mom or whoever is sharing a room with their baby and A, they're looking to sleep train or B, maybe you're not looking to sleep train and you just want to know like, what are some tips and tricks to get good sleep for a baby when you're sharing that space, whether you're sharing out of convenience, requirement, whatever it is. So Stelina, I know that you're getting ready to coach a family who's going through a lot of transitions, right? And one of those they're not ready to take, which would be to move baby to their own room. But we kind of had some aha moments of like how to show a family like how to set this up to get that independent sleep when they're still sharing. So share a little bit about maybe their their current situation and how you're going to set them up for success. Yes. So I've coached a few families who actually more than a few, a lot of families who are still room sharing, depending on their situation, right? And I always tell families that you can 100% sleep train and room share at the same time if you wish to do that. I just suggest a few things. So the first thing I always suggest is to place the crib as far away from the parent's bed or sleep space as possible, right? So some people don't have the luxury of doing this, but I always recommend that, you know, they place it either at the foot of the bed or just in a corner of the room, just as far away so that the baby or twins can't see the parents. So they don't have like a direct line of sight so that the babies do not have a direct line of sight to the parents. I've had people get some sort of room divider. Um, You can be creative in that sense. So that's my number one tip. My second tip is to still use a baby monitor, kind of going back to the first reason, you know, if the baby is crying or making noise, most of these baby monitors now you can um, have it through Wi-Fi on your phone. So you could just look at your phone kind of underneath your covers with the brightness setting on the lowest setting to not interrupt, you know, your partner's sleep if you're sleeping in the same room. And you can kind of see, okay, he or she's moving. They seem okay. Do I need to get up right now? I have totally done this with my children um, on vacation a lot of the time. You know, I'll kind of be like, oh, somebody made a noise. Who is that? Okay, they're just rolling around. They seem okay. I don't have to like get up and, and kind of like show them my face, if you will. So that's something I always recommend. And of course, this kind of goes without saying, um, if you need to 
get up to use the restroom. Try to be as quiet as possible. If you need to wake up earlier than your baby to say to go to work or get ready to go to work, I recommend getting ready in a different room completely. So maybe have your clothes set up in a different room the night before and kind of like tiptoe out of the room. You know, we have some parents, this family that I'm going to work with soon, the, the mother gets up to go to work around 5, 5.30 a.m. She definitely doesn't want her five-monther to be up at that time. So I'm recommending, you know, set up your clothes, everything you need, toiletries in a different room and, and get ready in that room. Just be super quiet. Try not to let light in the room if possible. Of course, we don't know, you know, everybody's circumstances and their house setup. But, you know, as long as you can be creative, it's definitely possible to room share and successfully sleep train. I know I've done it a bunch of times. Lindsay, what about you? Do you have any different tips that I didn't mention? Yeah, those are good. Definitely have had experience with singletons and twins uh, room sharing. If it's twins, sometimes we say like, let's put one on either side of the bed so that we can at least get some separation uh, between the babies. If mom is nursing, we know that intuition there. So if you're thinking like, can he or she smell my milk? Like they definitely can. So it's good to create some separation there, whether it's one foot or five feet or 10 feet, however much space you have. I do feel like any space is beneficial. Now, again, this goes for the mamas here who are listening, who are looking to get those longer stretches of sleep. You're not working on your supply still. If you have a newborn or like a, you know, a four-month-old who's still eating around the clock and you're working on that relationship, having them close like in a you know, car-side bassinet or something would still be beneficial. You know, we're just looking to give that advice for parents who are looking to get longer stretches of sleep at night, how to prioritize sleep when you're in that same sleep space. So yeah, if you're breastfeeding and you're looking to drop some night feeds, you know, moving that crib as far away as possible. If you have like a, if it is a crib, that's one thing because like my twins cribs had like the solid back on it. So if that would be the case, you could actually turn it around again to block that site. There's nothing wrong with room sharing. It's intended and advised by the AAP to keep everybody in that lighter sleep. But with the experience that we have as sleep consultants, it's sort of a little bit miraculous when we get that separation and what it does for baby's sleep, right? I just spoke with a past client who's on baby number two and they're room sharing because they live in a two bedroom home, right? It is what it is. She's got her toddler set up next door and she couldn't get baby moved from her her specific sleep space until the weather kind of broke because of air conditioning things. And as soon, and this baby was an independent sleeper, but as soon as she got that, and she's breastfed, as soon as she got that baby into her little nook that she made up for her, she started sleeping through the night, right? So there is something to be said about that proximity and how it keeps us all in that lighter sleep. So a foot may not be like a big difference, five feet, 10 feet actually probably could. In the middle of the night, if you're working on wake-ups, you know, step out into the bathroom, right? Just sort of give a little bit of distance there to see if baby can get themselves back to sleep without you maybe over-interfering or hovering a little bit. I've even coached some families who are like, we're working on night weaning. We really don't want to be in the mix. So let's pull out the 
couch in the living room. Let's blow up an air mattress. Again, very short term, but you could make some short term sacrifices to kind of give baby the space, right? Also, when you're doing, you know, sleep, implementing sleep training, even though baby's sleeping in your room, you would still treat it as that's their bedroom. So you'd go through your nighttime routine, get them down into their crib or bassinet, and then you would physically remove yourself from the room while you're implementing like that sleep training technique. So just because it's your room doesn't mean you need to stay in there like indefinitely. But I can confidently say that with room sharing, I see the same success, right? Like if we've got these certain things kind of set up, might take a little bit longer, just depending, but you can be successful. So don't feel like this isn't an option for you if you're in a one bedroom apartment, for example. Right. I totally agree. Hey, Twin Mom, we see you. When we say we get it, we really do. At Tweet Dreams, we are a team of sleep consultants who are also raising twins at home. Our twin sleep coaching packages are specifically tailored to your babies, making the journey of teaching independent sleep as stress-free as possible. Trust our years of experience working with twins so that you can feel relieved that the answers lie with us. Start by booking your free discovery call to learn more because we can't wait to meet you and help you with your sleep goals. You can find the link to book your call in the show notes. I actually room shared with my twins, but it was the opposite situation. So I slept in their room because I had a day bed in there. And that was mostly to just not interrupt my husband's sleep. He needed to get up very early to go to work. It's very important in his job that he gets enough sleep. So that's just what worked for us. I was a first-time parent, was not comfortable not being close to them, especially with them being in the NICU and everything. Um, I just had a lot of anxiety about not being close enough to them. So that's something I worked through with you. We sleep trained my twins right around five months and I stayed in the room with them the whole time throughout our two weeks. Like, and the then I know you there. tried to get me out. <laughs> I know you were like, they're fine. They were fine. It's It was me, but I completely support both situations. If somebody wants to room share, even if they don't have to, because they want to, I didn't have to, but I wanted to, you know, you were supportive in that regard. But I also, I also can speak from the other side of that where, you know, I get the AAP and I'm totally understanding of that. But now with the advent of the video monitors and getting your pediatrician's blessing too, like I, I straight up went to my pediatrician and was like, look, do I have to sleep in the same room with these kids? Like, are they going to, I know this sounds terrible, but are they going to die from SIDS if I'm not right next to them? Like, this was a real concern I had. Um, and she was like, look, I'm telling you, they're going to be okay. You have my blessing to do this. I'm okay as far as medical concerns. I'm okay with their weight gain. I'm okay with how much they're eating. And I'm totally okay with you sleeping in your own bedroom, especially with a video monitor especially where they're on the same floor as you, you know, she kind of gave me that extra reassurance. So I had a sleep consultant's reassurance, I had a doctor's reassurance. And then I just had to, you know, have my own confidence to sleep in my own room, Mm -hmm. and know that they were going to be okay. And once I um, did that, and you know, they were okay. And I, I made sure my monitor worked. That was another big thing. For some reason, I was like, Oh, what if my Wi Fi something happens to the Wi Fi in the middle of the night? And, you know, I won't be able to hear them. Well, nothing happened to my Wi-Fi. 
I was able to hear the monitor, no problem. I still do. I still sleep with my monitor on my phone right next to my bed and I can hear what's what's going on. So, you know, we're here to support you and your decision. Um, if you want a room share because you have to or you want to, that's fine. But I think we're also both here to say, if you don't want to and you just need that extra push, that extra confidence, we're also here for you too. Because as much yeah. as we love baby sleep, we love giving these parents, especially parents of multiples, more consolidated rest. And mm -hmm. I think everybody can agree that when you are separated, it's just able to happen a little bit more seamlessly, but both situations are totally fine. Right, Lindsay? Definitely. And I love the point about validating and kind of verifying this through your pediatrician because your pediatrician knows you, they know your lifestyle, they know your family history, they know the health and wellness of the babies. And so they're going to give you that green light. And, you know, you can trust it if, if for sure, because that's your specific doctor. So I'm really glad that you pointed that out. Another thing I wanted that kind of came to mind is I, I can't remember if I've shared on this before, but specifically speaking with multiples, when we're kind of going through that mental checklist that we teach for night wakings with our clients, like have they peed through their diaper or clothes? Have they had a bowel movement? Is there spit up and reflux somewhere? Are they in awkward position in their bed? Sometimes kids have soiled clothes throughout the night and specifically with twins, like when mine were room sharing, I had this like little emergency kit. And it's, so it's like, I'm not turning the lights on and like rummaging through their drawers to look for a sep like a, a clean sleep sack, clean clothes. So I had this little basket and I just called it like the twin, like emergency basket. And I had a, a set of everything, mm -hmm. clean diaper, clean sleep sack, clean jammies, diaper cream, thermometer, you know, uh, ibuprofen, depending. So like I had everything there so I could assess a baby, maybe take her out of the room. So I wasn't disturbing the one. And so if you're room sharing with your twins, like have that kind of set aside again, so you're not like scrambling in the middle of the night. I mean, even for my six-year-old twins now, this kills me to say that six, I have extra sheets on standby. Like I don't want to be looking somewhere in the middle of the night if we have a potty accident. So like just kind of create some shortcuts here. And I think I even have a reel on that, like of everything I put into the emergency kit. Additionally, if you have a hatch, we love the hatch. I love the hatch over here. That red light gives off enough light where if you're turning that on in the middle of the night to see what's going on, it's much more uh, less intrusive than an overhead light, right? Or a lamp with, you know, the bulb in there. Like I, I can vividly remember us in the room with like our flashlights on our phones, kind of like stumbling around to change a diaper. And if I would have had that hatch bought already, like I would have used that 100% like in the newborn days. Yeah. So just a tip there because a red light's not going to interrupt sleep or, you know, inhibit sleep. The so. choice is yours. Ultimately, no choice is wrong in this circumstance. Um, hopefully these tips and tricks can kind of help you if you are room sharing though. Yeah. And, you know, if you're thinking like, will we room share out of convenience because my babies eat every, you know, three to four hours. Like I recently helped a family discontinue room sharing and like start making use of that beautiful nursery that they had set up. Um, the mom was just so worried, like, wait, so you're saying right now, all I have to do is like stumble out of bed and walk 
five steps and now you're going to make me walk all the way upstairs to feed the kids. And I'm like, but no, when we start, we're, we're night weaning, we're getting longer stretches of sleep right away. Like you going up, especially since we have the video, the technology to watch our kids from across the house. Like it's not what you think. It's not running up and down the stairs. So if you're doing it out of convenience, you can feel confident that with, you know, our support of the right sleep training method that you can do it with confidence because you can essentially stay in your bed all night, right? Because you're getting those 12 hours, 11 to 12 hours, everything's beautiful. So anyway, um, I hope you found this helpful, quick little mini sleep episode. We just thought it was appropriate given like we're going through this with some clients and it may be your own personal story. If you have any questions about anything, please feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at Tweet Dreams. We're always looking for more topics or things that would help your twin day-to-day life just feel a little bit easier, right? So we're here for you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, see you later. Bye-bye. If you liked this episode and conversation, be sure to leave a review or rating. Share it with a friend on social media or a family member. It's our goal to reach as many parents of multiples and singletons alike. You're not alone in your parenting journey. If you'd like to hear about a specific topic or have an episode idea, please feel free to message us. We're here to help. 